In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. We've got a special guest on the show today. It is Paul Brown himself. He is back on the show for this one-time, one-year deal. The big man signed, Clowney. Jack, how excited are you about this? I'm, I'm good. I'm excited. Um, I, I think he'll get a little bit overhyped because Edge isn't as valuable a position as many people think. But it's an important addition for the team. Um, and it, it just adds more quality. So anytime you it can improve, um, I'm all certainly up for it. Ian, how are you excited about this? I, I think as Jadevian Clowney said himself, you know, he wanted to come to a team that wins. And I think this is one of those things that you're going to notice as a Browns fan. Free agents are going to use you because you're a team that wins. Do not fall in love with Jadevian Clowney because you will never love him more than he loves himself. However, he would love to come to the Browns and make a lot of money and prove that he is a defensive player of the year candidate so he can go somewhere else and make a lot of money. So I will enjoy it while it's here. But yes, I think this just shows whether it's Malik Jackson, whether it's Jadevian Clowney, whether it's John Johnson, players want to win. There's, there's one thing that we haven't discussed or... I haven't really seen on Twitter is um, our mate Olivier Veron. Is there any chance he could come back last few games and we have all of these massive players in the Browns uh, armory? Jack? He could certainly sign. I, I, I don't think he's signing before the season. We've sort of discussed it for maybe that sort of week 10. If he's feeling good, then he needs to pass a medical, obviously. Um, so he needs to get healthy. Um but no, he, he, he could certainly sign later in the season. It could be the case of, who knows, Garrett goes down week 10. That could be an ideal signing for the Brown of Olivier Vernon just rocks up and uh, jumps onto the roster. That could be something that bails us out of a whole world of pain. Um, so no, it, crazy things can happen. There's a good chance either technically Clowney or Garrett is going to miss a handful of games this season. Um, one of them could easily land out on IR. Um, and yeah, he, he could certainly come in or he, he could just not play the whole season, which I could fully understand. Hey, Jack, yeah, I have that's... a question for you. Do you think Jadevian Clowney plays more snaps in the defensive end role or in the pass rushing defensive tackle role? I think he's going to play more snaps on the outside. Um, Did you see the Browns press release today? I haven't seen the Browns press release today. They specifically mentioned his flexibility to dominate and win inside. So it was, if you on the uh, Cleveland Browns daily show today, which, you know, you have to take a little bit of what they say with a grain of salt, because obviously they are paid by the team, but they specifically mentioned the use of Tack McKinley on one side, Miles Garrett on the other with Jadevian Clowney inside rushing from say maybe that flexed edge so if it's say third and 12 you could see tack malik jackson Genevieve, Clowney, and miles garrett uh, I, th- I think you could certainly see cases where it'll happen 
I just think it would be slightly rarer because they obviously need to do defend the run sort of your first and 10 you're not really throwing them inside um it, it will happen at times so i've got no doubt but it's going to be more sub package stuff than more regularly um than some people talking about on twitter um but yeah why not Let, let's push people around and get more people there the issue is you've got tack that is better as a pass rusher than setting the edge and defending the the run whereas Clowney is elite According to PFF, he's an elite run defender um, for an edge. So he gives us a really nice option there. Um, he's better defending the run than pass rush, according to Mr. John Costco. Jack, question for you. How does this affect the cap now? You know, we just potentially 10 million is off. Is this risky business? So we don't know the structure yet. Um, it's 8 million um, and then 2 million in incentives there's a good chance those incentives are going to be classed as unlikely to be earned. So they won't appear on the cap this year. And that can be, hey, it could be as simple as one sack. It's unlikely to be earned because he didn't hit it last year. Um, it could be some playtime incentives. Um, so they can hide those from the cap this year. Um, in terms of how that 8 million is going to be set out, I'm guessing, say it's 1 million and then three void years and a... 7 million signing bonus. Jadavion Clowney's salary cap hit this year could be 2.75 million. Um, obviously, that's going to then balance out all of that other money is going to hit next year, but they can work with that. Um, they can just buy on the credit card um, and then make the tough cuts next off offseason. Um, so I'm not that worried. Um, we haven't got the final details. It'll be, what, probably next week by the time they come out. But I, there's definitely going to be void years in this deal, two or three, um, and it wouldn't surprise me if it's a seven million signing bonus. That's a really good point you mentioned, Jack. His his stats weren't great last year, if I'm correct. Why do you think his stats weren't so good? Well, he he, he still had pressures, and that's the key thing. Um, he he got six hits, twenty two hurries. Um, so he was able to do stuff. Um, he was on a bad Tennessee Titans defensive line. He obviously only played 425 snaps, um, a pass rush 266. So I'm not worried. That, that's basically 10% of snaps were hurries. So um, he, he, he was doing the business. Um, and sacks aren't a stable metric. Um, you get some players, they'll just bounce around year to year with sacks. So as long as the pressures are there, which they were, I, I'm not concerned. Jack, there was a point that was made today that Tack McKinley and Jadavion Clowney combined make what Carl Lawson makes. Would you rather have the duo of Clowney and Tack or Carl Lawson? Especially when we're looking at edge, give me edge, the multiple. Edge one. Yeah, no, no. Give me the multiples. If you're talking different positions like safety, um, even linebacker, those dudes hunt the corner, they can play 100% of snaps. Your ideal snap count, even for a Miles Garrett, is about 70% of snaps. So your rotational pieces are really important in that role. And as well, it's a re reason why some people say, hey, you probably shouldn't pay an edge massive amounts of money because if they're only playing 66% of snaps, you could have the best edge rusher in the world, but he's missing one out of three snaps or two out of five. Um, and, and that's sort of a concern that, 
it needs to be understood that you need to have multiple people there so yeah give me the the plenty of different options and uh we'll see how it shakes out yeah jack at the point i was going to go at is 100 percent what you just said so in terms of the defensive rotation i agree you know the fact that i can get two guys that can fill those roles because at the end of the day last year the browns on defense played 1225 snaps of that miles garrett played 875 and olivier vernon played 805 what percentage do you see that we're going to use Gustin because he's there now? So if we were to say Miles, Clowney, Tack, and Gustin, if you were to give a percentage of snaps, what are you looking at? Let's just base it off of a thousand snaps. Yeah, so I'd probably look at seventy. I'd say seven hundred snaps for Miles. I'd love to get it down there. I think it'd be seven fifty, um, but I'd love to get it down to seven hundred because that the less snaps he's got the quality of those rushes go up because he's not gassed he he's there going fresh um then i think and obviously you're going to go over the 2000 because you're going to have some where they go inside uh let's say 600 for clowny 500 for um uh, attack and 200 for gustin i don't know what that adds up to i haven't even Look yeah. So in my head, I was thinking 70, 70 for Garrett, 30 for Gustin, 60 for Clowney, 40 for Tack. That's how I was kind of looking at it. Now I know we're going to have maybe another fifth guy in there, but if you think about a hundred percent between the two, I think the Garrett Gustin is a combo. And I think the Clowney Tack is a combo. Yes. They will be on the field at the same time. I'm just talking about general percentage of snaps. And I think the one benefit to Clowney is if miles needs to come out for a series, maybe you're up a little bit and you think, you know what? I need to rest. I can put Clowney and Gustin out there. I can rotate the next one and put Garrett and Tack out there. And I can give these guys the chance to catch their breath. So I think that's one of the big things that Barry's doing in terms of, you know, we talk about sequencing contracts. Well, I think we're going to be sequencing roles as well, because I think Garrett is effective against the run, but primarily a pass rusher and Clowney is effective as a pass rusher, but primary against the run. So you're not going to be running away from miles Garrett now, because you're going into the stone wall on that side. So I think this is, I've said it. And I think we've said it. Clowney needed the Browns more than the Browns needed Clowney, but the Browns can really use Clowney. Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting to see how this front office builds their defensive line rotation, because from what we've seen, they've almost got, three really good edges and then three really good interiors. Um, so we know the three edges, the interiors, your Sheldon Richardson, your Malik Jackson, your Billings. Um, Billings is no world beater, but he's, he's good. Um, and then they can sort of build the rookies under that of, hey, hey, three great edges, three great interiors, and then we'll have three cheaper players that are sort of let's see what they can do whether it's a Jordan Elliott that they hope can step up and and I think that could be a sort of mold that they end up going with of let's have three and three and some under there oh what do you think yeah I'm just super excited we've now got a handful of first round draft picks with the Cleveland Browns and uh, people can say well some of them are has-beens some of them are failed first rounders, but they have got the pure raw talent to be a first rounder in their careers. So, uh, yeah, I'm super excited. And now it's all down to our coaching team to get the best out of them. Yeah. And one thing I want to touch on is sort of what, what does this mean for the Browns and what does this mean for 2022? So 
if Clowney is amazing, we'll start with that because that's what we're hoping. He's not going to be on the Browns in 2022. The reason for that is if he's demanding 20 plus million a year, we can't afford that. Um, it's just not going to be realistic when you're paying Miles Garrett big money. If he's average, then he probably wants to go somewhere else and prove it. So he's probably leaving um, because he, he would have felt that, hey, the Browns aren't elevating my talent. And then if he's bad, obviously we're not interested in signing him. So then you come back to the draft and what does that mean? Well, Edge can still be on the board at 26 because even though corner, getting a corner at 26 is going to help you more, slightly more in 2021, it's actually a bigger need in 2022 is your Edge 2 because that has to come through the draft. You can obviously stick another plaster on it and get someone cheap, but on a one-year deal, but that that's more risky, whereas you get that guy and you can go a bit more wild at a corner. And if you want to go into free agency and let's pay someone for one, two years, um, put them opposite ward, it's a lot easier to do. So I, I think that's one to keep an eye on. Um, and don't be surprised. It, lots of people are going, oh, well, that's edge defender sorted. And it's like, well, or why? Are we going to go draft someone at 32 next year and go, well, you're going to have to be the starting edge um, in 2022? because we can't afford to keep Clowney or uh, let's make, if Tack McKinley's good, then you couldn't keep Tack McKinley around for another year. But you, if he's amazing, you're not going to keep him probably. So um, it's one where they desperately still need an edge. I would say edge two is a bigger need in the draft at 26 for next season. And by next season, I mean 2022, um, than it is corner. Because corners, you're more likely to pick them up wherever. You, you can pick corners up anywhere in the draft. Yeah, I think the main thing when we talk about the edge position is we just don't have a lot of controllable assets. Um, it's one of those things where we have obviously Tack and Clowney on these one-year deals, and Gustin's kind of skating along on EFRA contracts. But a little bit under the radar, the Browns did sign Sheldon Day today. Um, he's the defensive tackle that ended the season on the uh, – practice squad. And then also Steven Carlson signed his EFRA as well. So a little bit of action in the, uh, the Browns world today. Yeah. Sheldon day won't make the 53 without a injury to someone else. Listen, it's about having fellow Sheldon's in the room so they can bind together. And one interesting thing just to touch on is Charles Robinson, who's from Yahoo's obviously well-connected um, said this move could mean it's likely to mean either a Sheldon he said restructure he, he means pay cut rather than restructure because restructure is just moving the money around or a release um, and that's something that I've sort of said as soon as the Malik Jackson deal came in and said hey this could certainly be the case they've spoke to a, a, a um, McNeil that I, I know you're not a fan of Ian but yeah. that that's certainly something that, hey, they could go Malik Jackson and Elliot. They could go Jordan um, Billings and um, Alin Neal. Um, and they could go into the next season with that room because the Bucks got to start somewhere and they can't just pay everyone forever. Obviously, they could go off a cliff next year and just let loads of expensive veterans walk. Um, but it would be better, smarter to sort of stretch that over two years as a transition rather than a hard cliff. Um, 
but no, it, it's certainly one to keep an eye on, and they don't have to make a decision anytime soon. So they, I don't wouldn't expect them to do anything with Sheldon Richardson pre-draft um, because they can have maximum options if they really like someone. Say they really like McNeil, but if he falls down to 91 and suddenly they go, oh, yeah, why not? We'll take him. Um, then they can start making decisions. So it, it's one that w- either he's going to sign a cheaper deal or he's probably gone. I can't see them allowing him to play this season, getting 12 million in cash. Well, just to give people an idea. So when Charles Robinson tweeted out uh, salary structure release of Sheldon Richardson may be acquired, someone on, the, on Twitter came back and said, why Richardson? We don't have $8 million in cap space, question mark. To which Robinson said, sizable draft class is going to eat available cap space, which Jackie, you've already kind of debunked a little bit of that, requiring other roster tweaks. Richardson isn't an absolute certainty, but it's where the money is if push comes to shove, which is odd because there's other places they could get money as well. So, you know, I'm not sure if Robinson's just maybe putting that together. That doesn't sound like something that came from Barry. You know, I know in the past Robinson has kind of maybe given off the thing that he has a direct line to Barry. That sounds more speculative than it does anything else. And if the Browns were to move some money, like I said, I just, I, they're not in a place where they need to make it happen right away. And if Sheldon's somebody they want to keep around for maybe an extra other year, who knows? There's plenty of things they can do. So yeah, that's everything today. Thank you very much, guys, for listening. Um, And as always, go Browns. Go Browns. I'd just like to thank our guest today, Paul Brown, for joining. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul.